the campuses into a network model and um, you know it's just fantastic to see what God's going to do I really sense there's going to be a stepping up and stepping out you know when you step up you can step out and this is all about moving forward this is all about moving into the purposes of God doesn't take God by surprise Um, you know some of us this week we saw our nation in turmoil in politics that amazing who would have thought Scott Morrison Christian guy who is part of the Hillsong Network is now the Prime Minister of Australia you work that out where did he come from you know who would have thought it and you know God God knows God sets it up we think we do but God sets it up and uh, who knows what's going to happen in that incredible situation I did have a message I was going to preach but Pastor Charles came in and said look you realize it's an encounter night so my message has gone right out the window is that all right we'll have an encounter night so I'll just speak out of my spirit is that okay and uh, just let's see what God is going to do God's always up to something and uh, I love the thought of encounter nights um, because it gives us the understanding that God wants to meet with us and you know what you don't have to have an encounter in this meeting God can meet you anywhere he's not limited to meetings but while we're here let's encounter him tonight and if you've come with a hungry heart and an open heart God will meet you you know it's encounters that change your life it's encounters that change your life Moses had an encounter with God through a burning bush changed his whole life his whole life Joseph had two dreams their encounters with God changed his whole life the Apostle Paul Saul had an encounter on the road to Damascus and he was never the same again and you're here tonight those of you that have had an encounter with Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit you know you can never be the same again and I don't know about you but you know what I'm really glad about with God is you don't have just one encounter you continuously have encounters and you know that's what I love about the Bible it teaches us that you know one of the one of the examples uh, life examples that God gives us to try and make us understand his love is marriage a husband and a wife and if you've ever been to uh, one of Greg's teaching sessions on marriage if you haven't you need to go if you're not married you want to be married you need to go you never know what can happen you might have an encounter there you might have an encounter a few encounters happening here tonight I can tell you but anyway I'll stay away from some things um, but you know what marriage is about encounters you know it's not about the wedding day that's that's I mean that's a huge encounter but two people fall in love because they have an encounter of emotion of connection that literally changes their life they'll never be the same again but those encounters have to keep happening through your life you're going to have a healthy relationship it's it's not just one romantic night it's a series of encounters that keep you bringing you and drawing you together I love watching Greg and Sue because I don't know this couple they're amazing I don't know if you see them in church if you ever talk to them or I've been away with Greg Uh, we went overseas together for three weeks I think the highlight of our our trip was we, we had to share a room a pink room it was one of my with a chandelier it was it was my cousin's it was my cousin's daughters and um, we didn't have that kind of encounter that's a terrible that's a terrible thought Um, but you know it's funny when you when you go you you see how people relate and the phone calls that he was making I think he spoke more to Sue on the phone that he actually did any work on the trip but it was beautiful because you can see the encounters constantly happen and there's an incredible connection and those encounters with God are very very important I I don't know about you but I can remember the encounters I've had with God I had one when I was seven years old um, in a Catholic church and um, it was a funny encounter I didn't really know God but God spoke to me and I won't go into details because it would take too long the story would be too long but at the age of 11 I had another encounter with the Holy Spirit where I got saved and gave my life to Jesus Christ at the age of 19 I had another encounter where 
I had given my life to Jesus and he became my saviour, but at the age of 19, he became my Lord. And there is a difference. Let me tell you this, there is a difference. Christianity and discipleship is not about just serving Jesus as saviour, but as Lord. Had an amazing encounter at 19. At the age of 28, I had another encounter with God. Called my wife and I to Geelong. At the age of 36, I had another encounter with God. It's not that God's not there in between the times, but these were significant encounters that like built pillars in my life. That my life is built upon because of these incredible encounters with God. God wants to encounter us every day, but these were significant encounters that absolutely changed my life. At the age of 42, while I was walking um, <clears throat> you know, in Bristol, around the area of Bristol, God spoke to me so significantly about this city called Bristol that I'd never even heard of. I mean, you know, I was on holidays. I was on long service leave. God's not supposed to interrupt you while you're on long service leave. You're not supposed to have an encounter while you're on long service leave. I wasn't even thinking about God. I wasn't even thinking about his purpose and his plan for my life. At the age of 42, I went to the city and something just grabbed a hold of me. I know something happened in my spirit. My spirit just burst alive and I kept saying, what is this city? What is this city about? Little did I know that three years later that my wife and I would be going there. We would be living there and planted a church in Bristol that's still functioning today and it's hit over the 500 mark. Isn't that amazing? At an encounter. <clears throat> the age of 53 had another encounter that brought me here. And... Um, it's a series of encounters with God and the Holy Spirit, him speaking to you, keeping that, that revival spirit, that, that heart that keeps you connected to God. And you know what the great thing about these encounters are? He stimulates them. He starts them. Now, you know what? We seek him. The Bible says to seek him. But I want to tell you this. God pursues us more than we pursue him. Man, he's after you. He is after you. He is hot on your trail. And uh, he never gives up on you. He's always after your heart and your spirit and to unfold his purpose in your life. And uh, if you keep your heart open and you keep pursuing him, let me tell you, he's hotter on your trail than you think. Tonight, I just want to touch on some thoughts and I hope they'll encourage you because they're coming out of my spirit. But, you know, one of the gifts that um, I was drawn to and got unlocked in my life because... I had an encounter in 1998 where a prophet uh, came through our church and he came through three years in a row. And this prophet um, kept, every year he pulled me out and talked to me about this prophetic gift that was on my life. And I didn't understand what the heck he was on about. You know, I'd, uh, you know, I'd sort of read about prophetic gifts and stuff like that, but I really did not know what he was on about. But first year comes across and he prophesied over me the next year came and he literally prophesied the same thing came the third year and I thought this is all this guy's got do you know what I mean come on mate can you give me something else but he so frustrated me I said look you know what what is this thing about the prophetic gift I had no one to train me no one to develop me cut a long story short he said he invited me to go to South Africa I went for a week that changed my life it absolutely I had this amazing amazing week uh, where something got unlocked in my spirit. And tonight I want to just very, very quickly talk to you about uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but particularly the gift of prophecy. Is that okay? And the reason I want to talk to you about the gift of prophecy is because the Bible actually said and encourages us that we should all prophesy. And it's not limited to one person. And very quickly, let me just give you three passages of scripture. The first one is 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Actually, they're chapters. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we find that there are Paul, the apostle Paul, talks about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And these gifts um, really are not just for the church, but they're for us Christians to be empowered so we can reach the unchurched. Isn't that great? Because sometimes we think that these gifts are limited to these four walls. Aren't you glad they're not? Uh, actually, all of us should, should really uh, desire to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There are nine of them. And one of those gifts is the gift of prophecy. And um, if you take the opportunity to read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you'll read about these nine gifts. And can I just say this to you, that in time, hopefully next year, 
um, when I do come back, because I am coming back every once in a while, I'd love to put on a prophetic seminar uh, where we can just teach people about the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, there's gifts of discernment, the gift of discernment. There's a gift of wisdom. There's a gift of faith. There's a gift of healing. How many of you would like to see that gift released in the body? Uh, but tonight I just want to talk about the gift of prophecy. So 1 Corinthians is all about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Please start reading them. Because let me tell you, you know, as you read about these nine gifts, uh, the Holy Spirit could stir your heart. We're always drawn, uh, not particularly to the whole nine, but if you ever get taught on the nine gifts, usually what happens, you're drawn to three or four of the gifts. And it's usually those gifts that you desire to actually move in. And if that happens to you, then continue to pray and see that God will release them. 1 Corinthians 13, which is the next chapter, is really interesting because it's the love chapter. And um, isn't it interesting when you see the, uh, that First Corinthians 13 is after 1 Corinthians 12. And I believe that God has put it there to make us understand what the motive of the gifts are. Did you know these gifts have been given to us not so you can have find your identity, not so that you can be popular, not so that it fills your self-worth, but these gifts have been given to you because you love God and you love people. The motive of the gifts are because you love God, you love his purpose, and you love people. Actually, sometimes people misuse the gifts because when they move in the gift, that's where they find their identity. That's where they find their self-worth. That's not why the gifts were given to us. The gifts of the Holy Spirit were given to us because we love God, we love people, and we want to see the love of God reach people through those gifts. You know, when John Miller comes and he, and he moves in the gift of healing and he'll be at our, our um, Box Hill campus on Sunday night, uh, the 16th at 5 o'clock. Do you know when he moves in the gifts of healing, it's not about him promoting himself, it's about him letting people know that God loves them and he wants to see them healed. Can you give me an amen to that? That's why God wants us to move in those gifts, because he wants people to know that he loves them. Then the interesting that 1 Corinthians chapter 14 is really about how we administrate the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I love how 1 Corinthians 14, how it actually starts. Listen to the way it starts. It says, follow the way of Nick Resky and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. That's not what it says. It ties up, it links in 1 Corinthians 13. Listen to what it says. Follow the way of love. It establishes the motive of the reason you move yeah. in the gifts of the yeah. Spirit. That's the motive. Please remember that everything you do in serving God and in serving people is because you love God and you love people. If you do it for any other reason, let me tell you this, uh, you will abuse the gift. And not only that, you'll use it with the wrong motive and God does check our motives of our heart. Listen to what he says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Listen to this, especially the gift of prophecy. Now there's nine gifts, and yet here in this passage of Scripture, it highlights this one gift prophecy. And I've always said to God, why is this gift higher? Why is this gift uh, here in this passage, why doesn't it mention the other eight gifts? And I believe it's because of the purpose of the gift of prophecy. We see the purpose in verse 3. This is what it says. For everyone who prophesies speaks, listen to this, for the strengthening, encouragement, and comfort of others. Isn't that amazing? I don't know about you, but how many of you like to be strengthened? How many of you sometimes feel really weak? Sometimes, man, things happen along the day, things happen during the week, and you feel, you feel weak. Sometimes words are spoken over your life, circumstances seem to be, you know, crushing all around you and you feel so weak. Do you know one word from one person can encourage you and strengthen you? You just don't know the power of words. And let me tell you this, prophecy is not limited to your mouth because it's also an action word. You can prophesy by action. Did you know that? Sometimes you can give strength and comfort just by putting your arm around someone. Do you know, sometimes when we are in grief, and I don't know if you've ever been in grief, and that grief can take you into some dark places. And sometimes it's not even words that can comfort you, but a hug. 
Have you ever been in a place, I remember when my dad died. I wasn't that close to my dad till the last two years of his life. My dad was a pretty hard man. In the last two years of his life, we got quite close. And when he died, I did not realise, I must, you know, I am Italian, I get quite emotional. I got emotional this morning at Box Hill. Charles thinks it was all because of him that, you know, <laughs> he was taking all the, all the benefits, you know, because as soon as I mentioned his name, I started weeping and things like that. And I was weeping more because of April, but you know what I mean? <laughs> but I don't know if you've ever lost anybody. It was the first time I'd experienced grief to that level. And I remember at his gravesite, you know, I was just, I, I, I just, I just broke down crying. And I remember my cousin, who's been like a brother to me, he just put his, put his arms around me and just hugged me. Didn't say a word. Didn't say one word. But I feel so comforted. Guys, sometimes in church, you know, sometimes prophecy is not just with your mouth. It's action. Sometimes it's with your arms. Sometimes it's by giving someone a gift. You just don't know how powerful it is. That is a way to prophesy. You know, I believe we can prophesy if, you, if you're a car park attendant, if you're an usher. You know, if you're an usher, let me tell you this. If you're on the door, you can start prophesying as people come in. You can start prophesying as people come in. And, you know, sometimes, and and please hear my heart where I'm going with this. I'm not trying to be, you know, derogative or anything like this. But sometimes people at the door that are there to shake your hands, they need more encouragement than the people that are walking in the door. Because have you ever met these people? I've been to some churches where, you know, they don't look at you when you come in and they give you this, put your hand, it's like a dead fish just going like this. But I believe our guys should all prophesy. I believe when someone comes in, you go, hey, how are you, buddy? It's so good to see you. You know, you're looking fantastic. I love that jumper. What a great jumper. What a great body. It reminds me of mine. It's incredible. <laughs> but have you ever seen people go, oh, you don't look too good today. Oh, what's up with you? Now, I'm not saying the lie, but they must probably know that they don't look good. Why don't you speak in faith, start to speak into their spirit and into their life? Our words are so powerful, but so is our touch. So is our touch. You can strengthen, you can comfort, and you can encourage. And boy, do we need encouragement today. I don't care who you are. I don't even care what position you hold. I don't care if you're up here. Because if you think up here you get, you know, it's an easy role, it ain't. I need just as much encouragement up here than anybody else does. All of us guys that are in leadership at high levels, we need encouragement. There's some days you, you start thinking to yourself, you know, what is this about? This is difficult. Sometimes there's some challenges that are really difficult. We all need encouragement. And let me tell you, that's, that's the power of prophecy. That's why I love prophecy. That's why I believe in this passage of scripture, you know, we are highlighted that if, you know, we should all desire prophecy. Why is that? Because I think there's an incredible power. This gift is incredibly powerful because let me tell you this, you know, we all need courage when we're faced with fear and doubt and worry and everything like that. Man, this guy here, Cliff's, you know, Box Hill has not been an easy transition. It's been tough. There's been some things that we've had to work through. And some days you feel like, you just feel like giving up. Man, thank you for not giving up. Thank you for not giving up. Because let me tell you, the breakthrough is right there. Even this morning, we sensed a huge shift. We sensed a shift, something's going to happen. But there are times that you feel like, you know what? This is too hard. This is too tough. When you get words like, hey, there's a covenant on here, you've made a huge mistake. You're gone. You're finished. You got it wrong. You didn't hear from God. I remember one week, that one week when I got that notice that, man, this is it. There's a covenant. We cannot go forward. And deep in my heart, I really sensed I'd heard from God. That week was one of the darkest weeks in my life. It was huge. But someone encouraged me. Pastor Joe. He reminded me that when we walked out of Degani's, I said to him, get me that land, because I believe God's spoken to me about that land. That's where God wants us to be. And he reminded me about that word. And I thought, you know what? If God gave me that word... I'm going to continue through. And we stand here today because of prophecy. In 1998, I um, 
started a conference. It was a prophetic conference. My guest speaker was the man who'd prophesied over me those three years in a row. I was so excited. This guy, man, when he moved in the spirit, when he moved in the spirit, he was right on. I mean, he was that he he would move in words of knowledge. I've never seen quite a gift to that level. It was incredible. I had him as my guest speaker. I was so confident because I knew he was going to draw a crowd. And then three months out, he rings me and says, I can't come. So we shifted the date. He said, I can't come. Everything I tried, he couldn't come. I was done. I was done. And I thought, man, God, I thought you spoke to me. I thought this is what you wanted me to do. And then... A young lady who's my colleague who I've worked with for many, many years. Some of you might remember her as Vicky Durazio. Some of you might know her now as her married name, Vicky Simpson. Great prophetic ministry. We worked together. She came. When she heard what I was going to do, that I was going to cancel it, she rang me. She said, Nick, God has called you to do this. Not Ed Trout. God's called you to do it. God's put the mantle on you. You can do this. Do you know, that encouragement shifted something in my heart. And because it shifted this in my heart, we started a conference that went for 10 years and influenced so many people. Because of that encouraging word. And we could have just cut it loose and could have missed the opportunity. Believe it or not, when I was 40 years old, I did my first half marathon. Can you believe that? That means I ran for 22.4 kilometres in one hit without stopping. Guys, th that's a miracle. <laughs> all right? I don't know about you. I was 40, all right? And uh, I used to be a little bit thinner, you know, a little bit thinner. I used to have a bit more hair. I used to have to wear a cap because the hair would stop the wind and it make me go slower, so I used to have to wear a cap. Anyway, let's not go there. The wind, no, we won't go there, Geordie. We won't go there. Hold on to your hair, Geordie. All right, that's all I'm going to say to you, right? Hold on to your hair. And um, if you do marathons, it's interesting because I knew I was going to struggle. My body was not built for running. My body's built for eating. All right? I know that you're looking at me and thinking, what an incredible physique. And surely you could have done it. But I knew I wasn't going to make it. But this is what I decided to do. I had a friend of mine in the church. His name was Richard Hosking. I said to him, Richard, would you ride on your bike alongside me? And if you know anything about running, there's what they call the one and a half hour uh, wall when you've run for about an hour and a half your body wants to shut down it's a psychological thing if you've seen the movie run fat boy run uh, who's seen the movie run fat boy run you're the assistant coach yes you could you look like the assistant coach mini me and you know and uh, and you know there is psychologically there's this one and a half hour wall. You you come to it and for 15 minutes, about 15 minutes, everything in your mind, your body wants to stop. The key is a couple of things. You need to drink every 10 minutes because your body gets dehydrated. But when you hit this one and a half hour, it's because your second wind needs to kick in. And if for 15 minutes it's like this wall, you just hit this wall. And Everything inside of your muscles, your brain, your, your, your thoughts are saying, give up, give up, give up. But you see, I knew something about the power of encouragement. I knew something about prophecy. I said to Richard, Richard, you're going to know when I hit the wall. Because when you hit the wall, what happens is you, your whole body starts to slouch, which is dangerous for a runner. You might know, how do you know this? Well, we had somebody train us. And what happens is your whole body starts to slouch. means you can't draw air. You've got to keep your, your head up so you can draw your air in as fast as you can because you're now gulping for breath. But as soon as your body starts to slouch like this, um, everything changes. 
And it does psychologically affect you. I knew that. So I got Richard on the bike. And Richard had a few things he had to do. Number one, he had to carry frozen grapes. Because, see, in eating those frozen grapes, it released some sugar, gave you some energy. We had special drinks. I won't tell you what was in the drinks. <laughs> we spiked them. <laughs> um, but when I hit the wall, this was his job. He began to encourage me. Come on, Nick. You can do this. Come on, Nick. You're bigger than this. Come on, Nick. Do you know that 15 minutes was absolutely so painful? I didn't think I was going to get through it. Let me tell you I got through it. I got through it because I had a guy called Richard next to me encouraging me. Every single one of us, some of you are going through some tough times. Some of you here are going through some really tough times. You're going through some lonely times. You're going through a time that you think to yourself, I don't think I'm going to make it. I've hit the wall. I have hit the wall. But you know what? If you, I want you to be encouraged. We all need a friend. We all need someone to run with us. We all need someone alongside us. And if you haven't got that person, then go to a friend and say, hey, could you encourage me across this journey? But that's why I love prophecy, because prophecy encourages, strengthens, and comforts you. And all of you in this room, uh, you can do that. You, you, you think, you know, sometimes you think, well, you know what, well, you know, you might hear, you might listen to someone that prophesies and maybe has been, been moving that gift for ages, but you know what? Every one of us can encourage someone. And you can encourage them in so many different ways. A card, a gift, a phone call, a thought, a conversation. Someone here tonight's feeling lonely. You know what, you know what I, I, it really gets me about church? That we can have a room full of people and people can still be lonely. And that's why, you know, the concept of pastor your role, you know where that came out of? I hate people feeling alone. Sometimes just get out of your seat. Look for someone outside your small world. Because, boy, do we live in small worlds. We live in small worlds. You just don't know. God could use you tonight to encourage someone. So I'm just going to encourage some people, and then this is how we're going to finish tonight, if that's okay. We're all tonight going to encourage someone. Is that okay? Every one of us tonight is going to encourage someone. We can all do it. It's not hard to do. You don't have to be eloquent in your encouragement. It just needs to come from your heart. But before you go, young man, let me encourage you. Is that all right? Come so, over here. Yeah. I know. That's a... <laughs> See? This is encouragement. I know his age, and I could have said, listen, old man. <laughs> you are young. You're young in spirit. Still feel young. And you still feel young. Yeah. And you are young. Can I just say this? I really sense in my heart that you've been in a wilderness for a while. Uh, but get ready because you're coming out of the wilderness. You really are. There's, there's, a, there's a scripture in, in Song of Songs. It says, um, the winter's over. You know, the rain stopped. Springtime's around the corner. And I really believe your springtime, even as we come into spring, something shifted. But I want to encourage you because you know what? You have been faithful in the desert. You have been faithful in the wasteland. You haven't given up. You know, you've gone, God, you know, it's like David said, in a dry and weary land, my soul, you know, you, you've cried out to God, said, God, I'm in this dry and weary land. And you, you've, sometimes you've been alone. But you know what? You've hung on to God. Yeah. He's hung on to you. And you're going to come out of that season. And let me tell you, you're a lot stronger now than you were through that season. God has used that season to build. I just see like there's a still rod in your back. I mean, there, there is, there is this. You, you're unmovable, unshakable, because God's in you. you. You've gone through some real tough stuff, uh, but that season uh, of dryness, of wasteland. Let me tell you, fruit is about to come. You're coming into your season of fruitfulness. You're going to know the joy of the Lord. You're going to know uh, just the, the the grace of God, the goodness of God. And I just see you laugh a lot. I, and, and you know what? You are, are going to be an incredible encourager because everything you've been through, there's, going to be, there's a new sensitivity in you. There's a new ability to see beyond the natural. 
You're going to look at people, you're going to know that person's hurting and God's going to use you to prophesy by encouraging them and strengthening them and comforting them. Is that okay? Great. Give him a big, big hand. He's a great young man. You can get on that keyboard. That'll be great. I'm just going to go for a few more minutes. Pastor Charles, mini me. Is that all right? You're a big man. You're a big man, let me tell you that. What a big heart you've got. You really have incredible heart. You're a great couple. Did you know that? You really are a great couple. And uh, Rebecca's here. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. He's, he's like this, but yeah, I'm great. Um, yeah, I just see you like an arrowhead. You're different in your personalities, and you see things differently. But God's actually joined you to be an arrowhead. And um, James, I just really see there's a new uh, dimension of confidence coming in your life. Sometimes you sort of stay back a bit. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but I see God really thrusting you to the, to the front. I really do. And you know, with that confidence comes a new authority in God. Get ready to move in a new authority of the Spirit. Get ready. It's going to come. It is just going to come. It's like you're going to, something is going to stir in your spirit um, that is going to release a new authority in God. And I'm talking about a dimension that you have not entered into yet. It will come upon you. It will come upon you and it will just, it's like it will overwhelm you. For a while, you're going to have to adjust some of your emotions. Do you know what I mean? You're going to have to adjust some. It's going to come and it's just going to overwhelm you. And this great compassion and passion for people is going to come. I believe there's healing in your hands. I believe that you're going to go to a mission field. Um, I don't know where, when, how. I don't believe it's long term. It's very short term. But I believe what's going to happen is there's going to come situations where you're going to walk in and you're going to see there's going to be demonic activity, there's going to be things that the enemy has tried to destroy, and you're going to walk in there with confidence and a boldness and an authority of God, and you're going to begin to declare the word of the Lord, and you're going to begin to lay hands on the sick, and they will be healed. They will be healed. I want you to both stand up. Would you give this couple a big, big hand? I want you to put your arms around each other. Is that okay? Both of you, God's asking you to step up, step forward, Step up, and then you're going to step out. Okay? Uh, you've been sitting in the wings, but your season to step forward is coming very, very strongly, very, very quickly. And, uh, you know, God's going to bring you into a prominent place. He's going to put you in a visible place. Uh, people are going to be drawn to you. People are going to be attracted uh, to what you bring and who you are. And the Spirit of God is just going to visit your home in a fresh and a new way. You're like an arrowhead. God's going to take you out of the sheath. He's going to put you, going to put the arrow in the bow. There's been a little bit of pulling back. You know, there's been a, times where you feel, God, where are we here? It's like we've been going backwards. But that's, that's just God being pulling you back to launch you forward in the things that he's got for you. Is that all right? So lift your hands towards heaven. Come on, everybody's just praying. Just extend your hands out. Father, we thank you for this couple that, Lord, you're bringing him into a new day, a new day. Lord, you bring him into a new season of the Spirit of God. I thank you, Father, that, Lord, they're stepping out. And, Lord, as they step out, they're going to, Lord, I believe they're going to step up, they're going to step out. As you step up, and I just see you, it's like a, you're, you're, you're climbing stairs. And as you you step up, the view changes, things change, the way you see things are going to change and the Spirit of God is going to launch you, is going to launch you into the very things that He has been preparing you because you've been in a preparation time you've been in a time of preparation but the Holy Spirit would say to you even now, that that season of preparation, now fruit will come fruit will come as He brings you into a new season of the things of the Spirit Father we thank you that Lord Lord, they are going to become pillars in this house. For even though you are young, says the Lord, I'm going to put weight upon you and I am going to uh, show you that you can carry the weight, not just of responsibility, but also of the call of God. And you will be seen as a strength. You'll be a couple of strength. You'll be a couple that others are going to be drawn to and they're going to come and glean from you. 
And Father, I thank you for them right now. I even believe there's a generational blessing. Even your children's children will be blessed, says the Lord. Be encouraged this night. And as I open the doors, walk through them with confidence. Don't look, don't try and do the sums. Don't try and negotiate. Don't try and work it out. But if God opens the door, say, yes, God, I'm ready. Yes, God, I'm ready. And as you step through those doors, God will provide. God will show you the next steps. He will be the one that guides you and leads you. Father, we bless them tonight in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Come on, give God a big, big hand of praise. and Come on, bless Him for it. I think that's really, really important. Josh, why don't you stand up for me, Josh? You're out right. You know who I am, who I'm talking about. Josh, you know, over the last year, you've shot up. You really have. You know, I remember when I came here, you are about this tall. I think you are about this tall. Maybe you were a little bit taller. But I, I've watched you just the last year. You've just shot up. You're like this shoot that's just shot up. And uh, there's leadership on your life, Josh. Do you know that? There's leadership on your life. That is a gift from God. It's a gift from God. And, you know, I know that you're in a season where you're working through, you know, what you're going to do. And you, I think you're, you're, being a, you're starting to be an electrician. Is that right? It's a good trade. It's a good trade. Because you're going to put the light on. And it won't be just in the natural. You, you, God's going to use you to switch the light on. You're like a power source that God wants to connect you with. And, you know, God's going to shape you and prepare you. But remember... Remember, this gift of leadership is being put on your life for God's purpose. For God's purpose. He's been shaping you and preparing you for a season that's yet to come. You're still in preparation. Just like you are doing a trade right now. You're doing an apprenticeship. You're in an apprenticeship. God's got you in the apprenticeship. But the time will come, Josh. The time will come where the Spirit of God will call you for a specific role, for a specific task. And when He comes, when He calls you, make sure you say, God, here I am. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. There's a, there's a heart for people. Josh, you've got a heart for people. You've got compassion for people. Uh, but there's a strong side of you that God's going to help and release leadership upon your life in a new dimension. All right, lift your hands towards heaven. Father, I just pray right now for this young man that you're shaping. This song, the second song that we sang, Josh is your song. If you allow God to prepare you and to bring you into that place where, if I can say it, Chris said it, where sometimes we feel crushed. It's because God is wanting to bring that new wine, that new gift of God in your life out of you. And don't fight against that, Josh, but let the Spirit of God shape you for His purpose and for His plan. Father, I thank you for that. And I bless Him tonight. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give Him a big, big hand and encourage Him. I think that's really good. <clears throat> Taryn, you did a great job tonight. Tara, and you were the first young person in this church. Actually, you were the only young person. When we came to this church, uh, Charles became your youth pastor. He had the biggest youth group, one. You were it. You know, 100%. That was incredible. Do you remember that, Charles, when we came? We made Charles a youth pastor when we had one young person. Talk about faith. Talk about seeing in the Spirit. Look at you today. You, you've got a natural confidence. Um, you really have. Your personality, the way God's wired you, uh, you've got a bubbly personality. You draw people, you know. Um, but, you know, you, you've, you've been amazingly faithful because I don't know how the heck you stayed in this church when you were the only young person and the other people that were with you were a lot older. But you stayed because you were faithful to what God said to you. And God's going to honour you because of that. Now, I want to say this to you because God's still shaping you just like He's shaping Josh. You know, there's a preaching gift on your life. You're going to preach. I don't know which way you want to do that. You're going to preach one day. You're a preacher. You're called to preach. Um, but there's also a prophetic touch on your life. You're a great exhorter, great encourager. I know you've been a great blessing to Geordie and the team. But there's a prophetic uh, anointing on your life, you know. And the things that you've been through is because the Holy Spirit 
has wanted to make you sensitive to his voice. Even that situation you went through, because I remember we had some talks about it. You could have reacted. You could have run. But God was trying to bring out something very, very sensitive in your spirit. It's really important that you understand that. You're going to preach one day, but let me tell you, start now to ask God to give you a prophetic anointing on your preaching. In the middle of your preaching, as you preach, this is what's going to happen. The Holy Spirit's going to highlight some people. Right there and then, you could keep preaching because you actually like communicating. I'll say that another way. You love talking. Do you know what I mean? You're like my wife, you know. I get a word in when she comes up for air, you know. So that's when I get a word in. You love talking. But that's the gift of God on your life. You've been given a gift of communication, a gift to communicate with people. But in the middle of it, make sure you listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Make sure that you learn two things. Make sure that you learn His Word, right? But make sure you learn His voice. And that we learn His voice through His Word. But the Spirit of God, what will happen is as you're preaching, He's going to highlight some people. Don't be afraid to stop and give a word of encouragement, a word of prophecy, a word of direction, something. Because when the Holy Spirit does that, people will have encounters in the Holy Spirit. There's also an evangelistic gift on your life that will be unlocked through the prophetic. All right? Now stand to your feet. Actually, come and stand over here. Pastor Greg, could you come and stand on one side? Silver Fox comes. Pastor Charles, would you come and stand? And could you stand behind her? Lift up this hand. You lift up this hand. Now here we've got a man of the word. We've got a man of the spirit. And we've got Superman behind you. <laughs> man alive. What a combination. The man is still. The man is still. It's incredible. Wow. Can I just say this? We need, we need ladies we need ladies let me tell you let me tell you what I see I see that young ladies in this church are going to be absolutely amazing strong, powerful moving in the spirit I want all the young ladies to stand up and some of you that are a little bit older than young can you just? Can I just have all the ladies stand have all the ladies stand can I have all the ladies just stand all the ladies and ladies when I pray for Taran I want you to put your hands out in front of you to receive. Can you do that? I want you to put your hands in front of you to receive. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you tonight. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you tonight. Holy Spirit, Lord, as, I, as we lay hands on Tara tonight, we thank you, Lord, for the gifts, the gifts, the gifts, not just the gift, but the gifts of God. Father, that preaching anointing, that prophetic anointing, that evangelistic anointing. Father, even today, release that to a new dimension of the Spirit. We know, Lord, that you're shaping her. We know, Lord, that there's a crushing, Lord, of self and a releasing of you. And Lord, as she allows herself, and Lord, she's been on that journey, but as she allows herself to go through that journey, Lord, we know that, Lord, that new wine's going to come out. And many, many people, many people are going to drink from your wine, Lord, that comes in this vessel. And Lord, they're going to be strengthened. They're going to be, Lord, joy will come. And Lord, uh, just clarity will come. And Father, there will be just a move of the Spirit like never before. Father, I release her in this new dimension of the Holy Spirit. Father, open doors, open doors, significant doors. I see significant, significant doors opening to you. Father, we thank you for that. And we thank you for her heart in Jesus' name. And now, Father, I pray. I want every every girl just to put your hands in front of you. Father, I just pray for a, a, an anointing of the Holy Spirit that would come upon Lord, our ladies in this church, that Lord, this church will raise up many, many Esthers and many Marys and many Deborahs. Father, people, young ladies that have an anointing of the Holy Spirit. Father, to move in the gifts of the Spirit. And Father, that these gifts, Lord, would build your house. And that, Father, these gifts would be evangelistic. Father, with one hand, with one hand, put a sword in their hand and the other hand put a sickle. I want you right now with your right hand, with your right hand, just begin to imagine there's a sword 
It's a sword of the Spirit. It's a sword of the Word of God. Just begin to say, God, with this hand, let me be a minister of Your Word. Let me be a minister of Your Word. Let me be a minister of Your Word. And now with the left hand, with the left hand, there was a sickle. There's a sickle. And God says, reap. Reap the harvest. Be an evangelist. Be a connector. Be someone who brings people to the kingdom of God. Now, ladies, just lift your hands up towards heaven just for a moment. Just begin to thank God. Would you do that? Just to begin to thank Him because God wants to unlock something in your spirit even tonight. God wants to release confidence. God wants to release a whole new level of authority. God wants to release in you a strength to know that you are a child of the King. You're a daughter of the King. That within you is the confidence and authority of the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for that. And I bless these ladies. I thank you for them in Jesus' precious and holy name. Come on, give God a hand of praise. And Father, we thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to get everybody to stand. I want you to get into groups of three or fours. We're going to close like this. Is that all right, Pastor Charles? Can you just get in groups of three or four? Can you do that? Uh, just get in huddles right now. Could you do that? Just find someone that you feel comfortable with. Can you do that? If you don't know a couple, just introduce yourself very, very quickly. Threes or fours, can you do that? Just go, go into the aisles. All right? And this is what I want you to do. I want you to pray for one another. I want you to pray for one another. And, you know, encouragement is very simple. I want you tonight to encourage the people that you're praying for. Is that all right? You might not know that person, but God will give you a sense about that person. God will actually speak to you and give you a sense about that person. Okay, would you do that right now? Come on, just begin to pray for one another. You know, make sure you do that. You two move in here. Come over here. Fantastic. You five over there. Just begin to encourage one another. If God speaks to you, come on, just encourage and pray for one another right now. Make sure everybody gets prayed for tonight. Make sure everybody gets encouraged tonight. Prophetically pray. Your words bring life. Your words bring life.
Jesus. I just want to come down the front. If we could all come down the front for a minute, we're actually going to pray for Pastor Nick. Do you know that um, just uh, for a bit of clarity, uh, Pastor Nick, you even asked me, I want to say this, he is the senior pastor until the day he leaves. He'll be my pastor for the rest of his life. Um, but come, come down, come down. Pastor Nick, if you stand in the middle, I want, I want to pray for Pastor Nick. He, he's in a season of transition. Come forward. He's not a scary guy. Let's go. Let's go. He likes hugs. Do you know, it's funny. Pastor Nick, as I, as I was um, pondering on praying for you, it's funny. I saw like a picture of you love talking about puzzles and how God gives you one piece at a time. And, you know, I've been with you for nearly six years and, you know, it's funny, as I thought about it, I thought about your season in Geelong was a puzzle piece. And then your season in Bristol was a puzzle piece. And then your season here, that then spread into Bendigo, Box Hill. I was kind of like a few stuck together that came as a puzzle <laughs> piece. Um, but isn't it interesting how when you build something and they build them things independently and then when it comes time like this with building, it just clicks together. And I just feel that um, as you move home, it's going to be the final puzzle piece that you've been waiting for where things are going to come together. I know your world more than other people do, but I just feel prophetically that you're going with a, uh, a godly purpose and God is bringing together a godly plan. And uh, you don't serve God faithfully for over 35 years without God being faithful to you. And I just believe that it's going to be a season that you're about to walk in with your mom, with your kids, with your grandkids, with what you'd be doing with uh, your future. And um, it's going to be like all the puzzle pieces have come together. And it's going to be great blessing for you, Meredith, her parents, your family. And uh, I want to pray that in. 
you know, that, that you've, you've uh, my experience from what I've learned from you has been, you've been a guy that's had to, to, to gather the pieces together. You come in and, and you repurpose, you restructure, uh, bring godly vision. But I believe God is bringing the pieces together for you because uh, you've served faithfully. So let's pray. If you could reach out, put your hand on Pastor Nick or the shoulder of the person that's in front of you. You know, one thing uh, as we begin to pray that um, I know that I've been taught is that when, when you are moving into new seasons of your life, it's good to start praying and preparing prophetically before you move into that next season. So when I was 27, I was asked to start praying about my 30s. When I'm 37 one day, which is still five years away, I'm going to start praying for my 40s. But the concept is this, recognise seasons are changing and ask for God's fruitfulness to come as quickly as possible in the next. So we want to pray and declare that there is going to be great transition for Pastor Nick and his family, great transition for our communities, whether it be Victory, Wangaratta, Alexandra, Box Hill, but that God's purpose would be brought in quickly in the next season. Um, but let's pray specifically now for Pastor Nick and his family. Let's begin to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank You, Lord God, for a man of God, for a father in the faith. Lord God, I thank You, Lord, that the purpose has always been your kingdom come, Lord. Your will be done. Lord God, Uni Hill is not testament of Nick. It's not testament of anyone. But Lord God, it is testament of your goodness, Jesus. And we thank you, Lord God, that as we strive after your kingdom, Lord God, you add practically. But Lord, I declare that you will add emotionally, Lord God. We, we speak special blessing over Nonna Reski. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen her. Lord, I pray that you would bring clarity in her mind, strengthen her physical world. Lord God, we pray that when Pastor Nick and Meredith move back there, that there'll be a supernatural shift, Lord God, in her health. Pastor Nick is not just going to physically care and mentally and spiritually care for his mother, but to enjoy her company, Lord God, that she would be well and be able to go out with them and enjoy life. We thank You, Lord God, that the blessing of a parent is to see their son serve their children serve. But Lord, we pray for Meredith in the transition. Strengthen her. Give her wisdom, Lord God. We pray for the children, the grandchildren, Lord God, the, the in-laws, Lord, their health too. Lord, we pray and we call in a blessing on our pastor. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Can we just raise our hands up real quick, just for a minute? Raise them up to heaven. God is a God that answers needs. So as we, we stand here, I know that there are needs. Doesn't matter how great, how small. God cares. Do you know, don't, don't get the perspective wrong. If God takes the time to count your hair, He takes the time to be concerned with your needs and your wants, your desires. Because He's a God that loves you. Do you know, I just feel that there are people here that struggle with the thought God is pleased with them. God does not bring condemnation on your life. Do you know, the Bible says that people who are in Christ, that the old is gone and the new has come. God is pleased with you because you are made righteous through faith in Jesus Christ. And He wants to answer your needs. So can we raise our hands right now? Lord God, I pray for every person in this room. Lord God, that has a need. Lord God, whether it be in the physical arena, I just feel there are people here that are tired, they need strength. You know, strength doesn't necessarily have to come just from physical rest, but God can supernaturally restore it. Lord God, I pray for those people that need it for the week to come. Uh, for people that are looking at their diary and becoming overwhelmed, God will strengthen you in this season. There are people that need finance and jobs. Jobs are going to come this week, we pray in Jesus' Name. Out of nowhere, in the Name of Jesus. There are people here that have relational needs. They're fighting. They don't know how to resolve it. Well, you know what? God's going to give wisdom. God is going to soften hearts as we ask Him. We pursue Your presence, Lord. Because we know that when we pursue Your presence, Lord God, 
everything else that needs to drop off will drop off because you strip needless weight off us, Lord, as we run for you. So Lord, I pray for every person in this room. Bless them in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Now what we're going to do, is, I mean, I love doing this. We're going to hug some people around us. Why don't we do that now? And then uh, let's release the meeting. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, guys. Do you know what? Uh, Unico team, you're doing an outstanding job, but let's not touch the stage. Let's leave it like this for Father's Day. They're not using the room this week. That'll be good. I got given a million dollars today. I love that no one listens at this point. Thank you. See, that's a lie. It's a lie. Appreciate that. <laughs> no, I didn't get a million dollars. I would. Thank you, Chris, for giving me a job on Mondays. It's great. First guy you've ever hired that reduced his pay rate. <laughs>